Welcome to Parent Talk Podcast, the podcast for busy parents, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks to make parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Becca U. Lewis. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 5 of Parent Talk, everything parenting and more. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle Five, mom of two, and I'm with my co-host, Becca U. Lewis. Hi, Becca. Hi, Genevieve. So I'm Becca, co-host of Parent Talk and also a mom of two, and we're excited for another opportunity to learn with and grow with our children today. Let's welcome another wonderful guest to help us do that. Yes. So today we're talking about the early sign of autism and how to advocate for your child needs with Caroline Turkington. Caroline is a middle school educator that has specialized in teaching special education for the last 10 years. She is also passionate about inclusive education and believes that all children have a unique gift. And she is also a mom of one. So hi, Caroline, and welcome to Parent Talk Podcast. Oh my gosh. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love the show. And I'm just, yeah, I'm pretty pumped up. So this is so cool to be here because I want, I, yeah, I follow along. So yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. When I talked to, to Caroline, I felt like she has so much to contribute to all the parents that are going to be listening to this. So I'm really excited about this episode. And let's let's just, just start. Let's do it. So hearing about the word autism, Caroline, what, the, what does it mean? Great question. Well, uh, to be honest, so again, um, so my son was just recently diagnosed this past summer. And um, essentially today I'll be sharing our story a little bit about that. Um, but when we heard the word autism, when we first heard it, well, the emotions that came were fear, <laughs> overwhelm, um, just there was some sadness. I think with any diagnosis of that or any word of that magnitude, there was definitely grief that came with it. Like we had all the emotions, I'm sure as par um, many parents um, feel, feel when they have that. But I think now, um, kind of now we're on the other side a little bit of it all. I really feel that I really want people to know when they hear the word autism, that it's, it's not a one box check. It's, um, it's kind of one of those words that tries its best to describe millions and millions of stories because autism is not a one, one box fits all it's, it's, um, it's a spectrum and there's, um, so many kids on, on it and adults and people and, um, with so many different needs and so many different gifts and so many different, um, yeah, ways they view life. And it's just, I really want people to know that we're in my son, of course, now, um, that he's not a checkbox, you know, that he has so many things to offer. And it's us now as society to really try our hardest to adapt, to see how they view the world and not so much that we have to change them to fit us. So, yeah. That's, that's beautiful. And, you know, I, I do work with a lot of families with yes. like autistic children and, all those emotions that you said, you know, I've, I've heard it so many times and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are also, you know, if, if they've ever had to question something about their child or have to seek, um, you know, further um, questions and evaluation that they've gone through a lot of that too. Now, um, can you tell me a little bit of, you know, what were some of the signs that led you to get your child assessed? For sure. 
So for us, um, my son had a severe speech delay. So um, he hit all his milestones, like typical when you would go to see your doctor for your one year checkup or, you know, so my son walked when he was supposed to walk, he babbled when he was supposed to babble, all those things that you look out for to see that, you know, they're, they're growing and developing. My son hit it. And it wasn't until um, more speech came along where you kind of thought like, oh, well, and again, you always know your kid best. So when he's making noises and babbles, you can, you know, you always that classic, well, I know what he said, but if someone else would say like, oh, I have no idea what your son is saying. But when with COVID, um, you know, we weren't really exposed to a lot of other children. And um, a lot of the kids in our scenario um, at his daycare that he was attending didn't return. They all stayed home. And so there was kind of a perfect storm where he wasn't um, around a lot of same aged peer children to kind of see where, oh, that's maybe where he should be at and he's not. And um, so it was a Christmas, this past Christmas we just had, and I um, thought maybe we should get a speech assessment. So we, you know, call our doctor and we got on a list and um, yeah, we got the letter saying, you know, we'll contact you for that appointment. And of course that appointment never came. It we're still waiting actually we've never actually been called from that um yet and it's still I guess that would be going on well we're in uh, 10 months um and so but it was in the spring it was in the spring where um my son really he's always and there's and there was things that we overlooked in terms of his stimming he flaps his arms he purses his lips he fixates on items um like now looking back I can be like oh my gosh he's you know, undersensitive to light, he's oversensitive to sound, he's, you know, a whole bunch of things that, um, to be honest, I, I don't want to say I overlooked, but in the sense I did, I just thought that was my kid. And because he, again, a lot of typical things beyond the sensory pieces where, you know, in terms of transitions, or um, being social, my kid is. Mm -hmm. my kid and is I think so you're cool. right. You know, it's it's not a checkbox, and I think that's where um, it can be. You know, just because you check off one of the things for autism does not mean that person has autism. It's a huge long checklist, and it's the number of things that is checked off. Yes. So you know, and so when we got our speech assessment, that was that was the big key. But um, we would never have gotten that either. We went to a random um, specialist appointment since my son snores. Um, and we went to that ears, nose and throat specialist and we had that appointment. It didn't go very well. Um, in terms of my son just really did not want to be there. And that doctor straight up asked me like, well, where are you on the ASD assessment? And I said, AS and she's like, oh, it stands for autism. And I said, oh yes, thank you. Like I'm actually aware of what it stands for. I was a little shocked that you were asking me that where we are on the autism assessment, like we're nowhere near the autism assessment. Like we haven't even thought about that. Um, and she just said to us, you really need to pursue it because your son's behaviors are not typical. And that was the first time I've ever heard that um, because everybody else had always said, my son is great and my son fits in and my son does this and this and this. And so you think, um, yeah, you just don't, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so once I heard that um, from a professional, I thought, okay, I'm going to ask another professional. So I, um, yeah, which kind of leads, I think, into the, how we got him assessed because 
once I did some research and as well as in my job being a teacher, um, especially a special ed teacher, I know that the wait lists are very, very long, very long. And um, it's very difficult, especially with COVID right now with wait lists, just to see a pediatrician or just to get into your doctor because everything is still virtual. And so it's really tough. It's really tough to see a doctor face to face and to get the answer or the questions answered that you may have. Um, but what we, what I did um, is I really, I know it sounds maybe a little bit crazy, but I just kept calling. That's like awesome. straight up, I just kept calling because in my job, I also know there's always an appointment. That's the way to do it. There's always one. And it, and I have to say, like, I never was rude. I never was, you know, we, you, we, we are owed this or we demand this, or I, you know, I deserve, because I, the reality is I don't, we don't deserve it any more than anybody else. But I just know that again, being off the summer because of it being a teacher, um, we had a very flexible schedule. And so I went on every cancellation list there was. And I just, I, yeah, I literally called pretty much almost every day. And to the point, there was someone who would pick up the phone. And I know it's kind of an old fashioned saying, but like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And because they, and, and what I, what I really learned though, and I, and I know I'm sure Becca, you feel this too, is people want to help mm-hmm. because I know I do, like, I know when I'm a teacher and I have parents call me and if they're persistent and they say, we, we just need help, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to help you. And so I knew that if I kept calling and I kept just sharing our story and saying, listen, like my son is this old, we've been, we have the, um, no professional saying to us that this, this, you know, he's, he, he seems like he really is on the spectrum. Then I know that early intervention is really important and it can make a huge, huge, huge difference. So I'm going to get it. And, um, we did it. Wow. My, my son, my brother's son has autism, but it's part of a syndrome. It's called the Furman McDermott syndrome. It is actually very rare and, um, autism is one of the symptoms. So there's different things that happens, but he's like a six month old forever, basically. Right. And, um, it's at the beginning, we didn't know about the syndrome. We just knew about autism. And we were told that, he's just really high on the spectrum. Like, you know, he'll never be clean. He'll, ne- he'll wear a diaper forever. He'll never talk, you know, like it, it, it varies, but uh, Vincent had everything. But when you talk about um, like, you, you don't necessarily see around you what's happening. The mom, my sister-in-law uh, is an early childhood educator and she did not see it either. And my mother could see it as early as two months old. And she was telling her there's something you need to get him evaluated. And all the way until my brother would call me and tell me, tell mom to stop because there's no problem. Right. So um, it is hard also for the person that has people telling them certain things or, and also what do you do on the other end when you're seeing something and it's not being received? properly. This is my experience. So I had to say my, to my mom, okay, maybe let them find out for themselves back up. Like, like you gotta, like, you gotta let them be, but it was not, it was very difficult for us to watch. 
Yeah. And as like as a professional, like when someone comes to me, even if they haven't mentioned the word autism, I will usually bring it up if I see it just because I might be that one professional that is the light bulb. That's like, oh, we do need to look at something. But as a friend, being a professional, I don't say anything unless I'm asked because I don't want to ruin a friendship with, you know, being that person and maybe we will reconnect later but as a friend I've told all my friends that I say we do not talk about speech and language and those developmental things unless you ask me because I'm not going to give you unsolicited advice but you know Carolyn for for you you know it sounded, you were really persistent which is exactly what I tell parents to do as a professional yeah. um and right now for listeners who who don't know in BC the public wait list is at nearly 80 weeks yeah. um and the private wait list I am in contact with many cuz I am part of the assessment yeah. and it is probably at least six months for a really short wait list and probably over a year for those who are longer. So Carolyn, how, how long did it take you to get from, okay, someone's told me this now to we, we know what it is and it's been confirmed as a diagnosis? Yeah. So we, I can give you the date. So we had our um, speech and language assessment on July 15th. Um, she came to our house and um, we were, um, had the pediatrician appointment on August 6th and we had our autism assessment on August 8th and we had our report back to us with everything confirmed um, August 30th. So it was a month like to get the report back, but it was less than three weeks in order for him to get assessed. Now, and I, I will fully acknowledge that we have, um, we went private so that there is privilege and, you know, we are, um, very grateful for that privilege, but I, I know that that's not a means that everybody would have access to. Um, but with us, we, we had the, we had the money to be able to do it and it's changed our lives. It's changed my son's life. Absolutely. So now Caroline, how do you view autism in your family? You know what? It's thank you for asking that question because even as um, like as a teacher, I would say like you know I, I've taught so many children on the spectrum, and but you know you you really look I really looked at it as like I'm their teacher, and so there's strategies, there's things I do, and it's just and boy was I wrong, you know <laughs> like like I now with my son I it is such a gift it is such a gift he has taught us so like, even though it. I think this diagnosis, even though there was so much fear and overwhelm and because you just, it's the unknown. I think any parent can, can, can relate to that piece of, um, you just don't know what's going to happen for him now. But like, I really then started thinking like, well, wait a minute, like autism or no autism. I still don't know what my, what my son would end up being or doing, or like, maybe he'll become a, I don't know anything like you don't you don't know like it's all the same questions whether there's autism in there or not so um but just within these last so I mean and August he got diagnosed so now we're in October so like six eight weeks or whatever um the amount of clarity and the amount that we can look at my son and allow like and really just realize like oh this is how he's communicating with us so or oh this is how he's how he's regulating himself. Oh, this is what this means. Oh my gosh. Like it has brought so much yeah, clarity and joy because you can actually just see my son. 
You're not looking at all the other things like, well, that behavior or this behavior, oh, that shouldn't be appropriate over here. It's just him now. And that's what he does. And that's what he, and so he has just taught us to be so brave and so resilient. And I think the part that I love the most is um, like, because kids can behave a certain way and then you hold on to that and you're like, oh, that kid, like they totally meant to do that, right? And and then, you know, you kind of hold that resentment or that, you know, a little bit, but like they forget about it, right? And so he comes back and he'll just be like, hey, mom, <laughs> you're like, I want to be mad at you, but you're like, you just remember, like, why am I holding on to that? Like, you just you keep going. And so I just, be really... We really view autism has been such a gift for our family because um, it's just really shown how as parents, obviously we always want the best for our kids and we always want them to, you know, whatever their best is, that's what we want for them. And I think with having a, a child with autism is the same thing. Whatever he can amount to, that's what we want him to do. And we just try to keep exposing him to all the things that we would normally always do. And honestly, like um, now that again, we see he is gaining some more language now, which has been like so amazing and so helpful. Um, but it's also amazing how much he can communicate without words. That's something that I've really noticed too. Like a lot of people put so much emphasis on that. Well, they have to speak like it's the, the verbal communication, which again has made our life very like a lot easier in certain ways, because I would say even within the last six weeks, he's probably gained, um, oh, what? in August, he probably had 30 words as a three-year-old. Um, now I would say he has like over a hundred. Wow. And wow. just like, yeah. Just by understanding him, right. And being there yeah. and, and and what he can do, like, even like, I, I will, my mama heart today, I will share one quick little story. Um, and today for Halloween, which I wasn't even sure if he would like Halloween. I didn't even know if he would know what Halloween was or what he want to do, or we bought him a costume and we showed him and we said, oh, if you want to wear it, you can. And if not, whatever, like you do you. <laughs> and he was like, no, no. And so we said, okay, but we, we brought it along to his daycare and we picked him up and he was wearing his costume. I was like, how did this happen? And then his like teacher was like, oh, he wanted to wear it. He saw all the other kids wearing it. So he wanted to wear it too. And you're like, wow. Like, and he, and they said that he talked to their kids and he went, you know, he followed the instructions. And again, it's not a, I mean, it's a huge win for us because it's just, again, he was so happy. And, you know, we started the daycare of this new daycare um, and he was sitting in the corner by himself for, for weeks. And so the fact that he took it upon himself, it wasn't anybody forcing him. It wasn't anybody. Um, yeah, it, it was, he chose himself to include himself, which is, I think, really cool. That's amazing. And 80% of our communication is nonverbal. So, <laughs> so there's a huge percentage. So it's amazing that he's gained so many words. Um, I had a question in terms of like resources, you know, what, what did you, where did you look, you know, what was helpful for you? What was not helpful? Good question. So I'm going to be honest and I, I know I may offend a few people, but I did not find Facebook helpful. <laughs> I had, I had that, that I could not believe how much that was recommended to me to be in the Facebook groups 
and, and to reach out to them. And I did. And there was a few that now I've realized, like, again, some worked for me, some didn't. And that's going to be like anything you come across as a parent, you know, it's always going to be information. Um, and some you'll like, and some you won't, but I, I found actually, um, reaching out to other parents who I knew had kids on with, with diagnosis. So I could see and just talk to them and then in terms of their experience. So reaching out to some people um, who um, like they were already re referred to us. So I think talking to other parents is huge. Like ones who you know and trust um, actually going on to like the government website. Like there's so many databases of search to search for like, professionals in our province and and I just honestly went down the list I also asked our school psychologists so in our school and whatever school that your children attend there there's a school psychologist attached to them and they are a great resource to talk to because a lot of them before they've not all of them but a lot of them have worked privately before or they have connections in the private world and so even though they're working in the school system now um again it's our school waitlist to have a, a psych ed done um is very long as well so um but they know people and so i started with her first she gave me a list of about six or seven people in clinics private and and not private and just different, even a couple doctors that work out of Sunny Hill that she thought, you know what, maybe they can't get you on the list, but they can at least talk to you and, and, and provide some information for you because I didn't have any of that. So I just started, um, yeah, going to professionals who I know who I knew and trusted. So we talked to our doctor, we talked to yeah our school psychologist, we talked to other parents who I felt trusted with, with some professionals um, and all the people who are now like work with my son were actually referred like from those original people that I asked. And so, um, and then with, with the Facebook groups, I just found that there was a lot of, um, like it, there was almost like so many, so many opinions and so much information that it, it really overwhelmed me. I found if I stuck to the people who I knew were in the industry, um, as a starting point. And then they, again, could, you know, point me in different directions. But I think for me, um, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because I am, the, like, I'm a teacher. And so I, I do like having, um, uh, yeah, speaking to professionals. But um, yeah, that's where I started in terms of resources. And there's so much, like, even like the Pacific Autism Network um, online. And I mean, the... Um, yeah, our, but our, our, our provincial website is amazing. There's so, there's like so much information out there that I don't think you need to be on social media to find it. <laughs> Becca, do you have any um, resources to give also? Yeah, uh, well, you, you mentioned speaking kind of with the government. Was it the uh, AISBC? Yeah, there's so many acronyms. <laughs> I know there is. And I was like, maybe there's a way to say that differently. Um, but they are based out of the Pacific um, Autism Building. Um, and they're the line that you call um, if you have questions. You know, generally, the autism funding, um, when you call them, they're very, very helpful. Um, so that's straight from the source, which is helpful um, for families that um, their, their child gets the diagnosis. You know, they do have a social worker, um, CYSM worker that they usually um you know are part of their case so they're usually a good resource um if you're able to you know get in contact with them 
Um, yeah. Our so there's went to like, we live in the Fraser Valley. And so we went to, we contacted like our child center development in the Fraser Valley, as well as we went to even this are in, in Langley and um, the children uh, and family services. And they were, they have so many, like there's even pamphlets and brochures and they can answer so many questions as well, that there's lots of actually resources like, right within your community. Um, in terms of like our um, assessment, we went to Burnaby for it. Um, um, that's where the private clinic we got into um, so quickly was, but um, there's definitely lots in your own community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now I want to talk about um, how can we establish a team that works for our family? Well, I mean, Becca, I, I'm sure you have this experience as well, because when you are able to establish a team, it is as a parent, like such an amazing feeling because you're, you, that that was a big piece for me, um, actually, because as a mom and, um, you always, I mean, and, and every woman has their own journey in, in, in motherhood. Um, I often always felt like, cause we did have a, we did have a traumatic, um, like birth experience and, and, um, and that whole thing. But I always, from right from the start, I always kind of felt like, you know, I, I struggled with that. Like, am I enough for my son? And, um, obviously I believe that I am. And I'm, I'm, I mean, he chose me. I'm the best mom for him. It's great. But once we had the diagnosis, I really was like, I had that like thought come back into my mind. Like I am not enough for my son. And I don't mean it in the sense of like, I don't feel like I'm like, I'm not doing a good job. I, I actually just literally mean it. Like I'm not enough. I need to have a team. Like I need more people to support my son. And I, I'm not a speech pathologist. I am not a behavior interventionist. I am, I'm his mom. And I think what I, when I actually finally came to that realization that I don't have to do all those things and I can't do all those things. And whether your son or daughter's on the spectrum or not, I think it, I, once we, my husband and I both kind of came to that realization that, you know, a, a good team can help so, so much. It can make the biggest difference. And so I, the one thing that we, before we even reached out to anybody, it was really looking at, well, what, what at the core, at the core, what can we give to our son? What are we, what are we willing and able to do based on our capacity for everything, as well as what does, you know, what are the top three things that our son needs now, right? Because systems are going to change. Our son is going to change. We are going to change. So let's just look at like right now, right now, what do we need? And for us, we really thought about, um, because my son, again, had not been around a lot of same age peers. We were like, okay, like he really didn't know how to share. He really didn't know how to interact with how to, yeah, those types of behavior components and, and like the mimicking and, and doing some things for himself, which age appropriately he should be able to do. So um, behavior was a big, we, we contacted a behavior consultant. We thought that was a priority for us. And for the speech pathology, we really, again, I know people are gonna say, well, speech isn't everything. And, and that's right, it's not, but for us, for our own personal experience, we really had both my husband and I had this gut that like our, um, my son Reese, I should say his name, sorry, Reese, he, he, he has really felt that he had all these words in there and we wanted to see with like specialized 
someone who's specially trained to be able to try and get those words out if he had them. And if he, and, and we kind of thought, you know what, if we do a year of speech and it's like, oh, not so much. So then I'm like, okay, that's fine. But we, we really wanted to give him a chance to learn the skills to be able to get those words out. So yeah, we just kind of looked at first starting, okay, what do we really need right now? And then we thought, okay, who are those people that can help us do that? And then again, we started, like I said before, we started calling and reaching out and um, yeah, we found, we found the people, we found the people who, who could be um, with us and even like little things like um, beyond the specialists in terms of like behavior and speech and um, like OT, all that PT, that sort of thing. Um, I, we also wanted to really figure out like, in terms of like my, I think my son's gift is like water. Like my son is a water baby. He's, he's a fish. He's a fish. Like I think sometimes he has gills, like he is a fish and um, loves the water, loves doing all that. And so for swim lessons though, we've tried multiple times at a, um, at a, uh, like community center, like swim lessons. And they were, <laughs> they weren't too good. It was just too fast paced. And he was so distracted like he just couldn't do it. And so that is actually where I would say like turning to a Facebook group was really great because I could ask them, um, and any parents know of a private swim company or a private swim instructor. And yeah, long story short, now, you know, a member of our team is his private swim instructor and we go once a week to private swim lessons. And yes, we pay the extra money, but it is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And it's, it's been really, really great. So, um, yeah, sorry. I, I can go on forever. I, I know, I know, I know. But I want to talk a little bit about the early signs of autism. So for your son, you did, uh, point quite a few of them and also Becca you can contribute to this conversation and um, what are the main things that we uh, that uh, parents have to uh, are, are looking into well in terms of early signs deaf well I, th I I do think speech is a big one um personally I know again bias and that was ours so um speech but um gross, gross motor. I actually, that was one we really overlooked. I, we hadn't like, I, because he walked and he crawled and did all those things. I thought, Oh, he's fine. But when I looked at like climbing on the playground, he couldn't, he couldn't do that. He can't ride a bike. He can't figure out, um, stairs very well. He can't, um, uh, jumping on a trampoline is struggling for him. So things like that, where I thought, Oh, whatever, all kids are like that. It, it was, it actually wasn't. <laughs> so it, sometimes you really do have to take a hard look. And again, I don't, um, I don't think anybody wants to be that parent that again is looking at every single thing and then stressing over every single thing. Because like Becca said before, I mean, it's such a long checklist, right? Such a long list of things that just because you can't do one thing doesn't mean you're on the spectrum. It's the combination of, of all the things. And um, so I would, I would look at um, early signs is again, if, you know, if your son or daughter has a deficit or, um, a delay in one area, that's okay. But if they have a delay in one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, eight areas, that's something we need to look at. And that's something that you need to get help with because there's so many people out there to help you. But that's what we've learned. We think like you're in it by yourself. And the reality is that you're not, you're not alone. There are so many people who are rooting for you. Like this is, it wasn't like all the people who we contacted, it wasn't like, no, sorry, we're not going to help you click. 
it was like, I really hope you're going to get the best, you know, help you can. And please call us back if you, if you, if you can't find anybody. And like, that's what I really found like reassuring when I was calling all these places is people legitimately want to help you. And if they can't, they're going to, if you keep calling, they will find someone who will. Absolutely. And it, it's about, you know, just, just like any parenting, it's bu- bu- about building that village, right? It sounds like building your support system and it's not any different with autism. You just might need some different people in your village um, yeah. to, to help. Um, and in terms of like the early signs for autism, you know, autism by definition, it comes from, the, there's a definition in the DSM-5, which is the diagnostic tool um, to use. And so there's different components in that. Um, so, you know, some some of it is part of it is that social piece, um, that social differences and how they interact and, and uh, is one area that uh, will be looked at if we're seeking an autism diagnosis. Communication is another one or even social communication because there's that piece too. Um, and then um, there's repetitive and stereotypical behaviors. You mentioned the hand flapping. That's one that uh, is commonly seen, but um, there's others that are sometimes, you know, a little less common. Um, I actually, you know, I, I always say that, that you know, sometimes you don't really know what to look for. So I had um, a a little, uh, a a small child, they were about three years old um, and they were verbal, but they had stereotypical language that they would use. And it wasn't until like the third or fourth time that I saw them that I was like, oh, it's interesting that they always bring up their piano. Like this three-year-old is bringing up a piano and the first time it was cute. And the second time was like, oh, interesting. They're really interested in it. And the third time, like, oh, this is why you have a diagnosis. This is part of it. Um, This is what you know what to say. And this is part of your stereotypical and repetitive behavior um, because that is where you're kind of stuck on where, what to say socially because you don't know what else to say. Um, So, you know, those are some areas uh, to, to look at and it presents really differently in different kids because they're pretty vague categories um, to, to look at, you know, like social skills is a really big category. Language skills is another one. And, and what is a repetitive behavior? We all have our own repetitive behavior. Who, who likes to like flick a pen, you know, as they're, they're thinking or twirl their hair. Um, you know, those are repetitive behaviors that bring us a sense of calm. And, and that's what a lot of kids, um, uh, autistic kids do. I know I, like, even as a teacher, I, I look back to my very, very first year of teaching and, um, and I had, um, I had a boy and he, um, on spectrum and he used to rock and rock and rock and rock. And I was be like, you know, I remember being like, okay, like no rocking, like remember you don't rock. And now like, I I almost thought like it just breaks my heart. Like I wish I could go back in time, 12 years and say, no, you rock away, sir. (laughs) Like, you know, you rock on and it's, but again, you, we learn. And I think that's what, as a parent now who um, has advocated and has learned, and I'm, I'm, I'm learning so much. Like I have still so, so much to learn. And there's so many people out there that I turn to and, and look to. And, and, um, but I think, you know, I would really love a society and, and, and um, that really looks at the importance of language and how, and how we speak about children on the spectrum. And, and, um, and again, we're going to make mistakes and we're, and what, what I think would, what I believe in is being different to someone else. And, and that's okay. But I think it's having the conversations and, and opening up to the dialogue. And, um, it's one thing to be aware. Like I know October 
actually the, yeah, the month we're in is autism awareness month. And, um, I've been, you know, trying to think like, well, how should I, how should I post about awareness and, and how should I maybe like share about this? And, and I really realized like, um, well, I don't want to, there's some things I don't want to share because I feel like it's my son's story. Like it's his story to share. And so I don't, there's some things where I think maybe I should say that, or I should say this, but then I think, well, I actually would want to know what his opinion is before I share it out. And so I've just tried to take the view of well, what's my story and what am I learning? And I hope that I can um, have the dialogue with my own friends and my own family, and then broaden it out to my community and beyond to have, to have the conversations that we can all learn and, and to really be inclusive and include the children with autism and not just say like, Oh, well, that kid's not well, the autistic kid. Mm, they're going to be over there. Like, what does inclusive education actually mean? And it's not just having the kid with on the spectrum sit inside the classroom and be like, oh, great, we're doing inclusive education. Like, no, how is that child contributing to their environment? And that's why I think today I was so happy to see my son who, again, he chose to be included and he chose him to how he could at his best be involved to the best of his ability. And that's what... And, and that's what I want to see celebrated. So, On another topic, um, yes. <laughs> Caroline, you are also the founder of Mom, Mom Babes. Uh, can you talk yeah. about the Mom Babes? Yeah, thanks. So yeah, the Mom Babes, um, we're an online community. We are moms. We are authors. We have written books. Um, the big piece is, again, we started the Mom Babes, uh, oh my gosh, I guess three year, three and a bit years ago where it was essentially we wanted a community where moms wanted more and we wanted to be a place where moms felt again supported and safe and um celebrated and that again when you come into motherhood a lot of times you know your hopes and your dreams and your desires they kind of get put on hold a little bit because you wait you wait till the kids are older you wait till you lose five pounds you wait till whatever and it's you know, the mom babes are the permission slip. We are here to tell you that not to wait and that your hopes and your dreams all matter. And when you act on all those things, everything else around you is better too. And um, we want to live that legacy, right? We want to do it now so that we can show our kids that you don't have to wait and you don't have to leave something behind you can do it now and so yeah so the mom babes um we're a community for everybody and and all women and all moms and um we just uh last spring had our first book launch the mom babes a motherhood anthology which is um a collaboration of women in our community who all submitted uh, a chapter so it's a real community book real community feel and uh, we actually just started a book too. So we have a new batch of authors who have joined and they're currently writing their stories to be shared um, next spring as well. So, mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, keep us posted, you know. I will, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So Caroline, we can find you on our panel of expert at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? Amazing. Yeah, themombabes.com as well as on Instagram. Again, our handle is at themombabes. So M-O-M-B-A-B-E-S. And um, I would say that's pretty much our favorite place to hang out. So find us on Instagram. 
Perfect. Awesome. Well, that concludes today's episode. Becca, Becca and I would like to thank you, Caroline, for taking the time to be here and bring so much value to all of us parents. I got to say, at one point you were talking, I had to pinch myself because uh, I could feel, um, I almost had the tears I wanted to come out, you know, I, I could feel what, like every, your emotions and it's, thank you for sharing. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, thank you for sharing because I'm sure this is going to land somewhere and is going to actually make a big difference for someone. So I thank you so much again. Oh my gosh. Well, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me because this is what lights me up. And the fact that again, one parent, if one parent listens to this and sees this and says, okay, I can do it too. Then, um, yeah, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. For our listeners, if you have a question, you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. We're inviting you to follow us on our Instagram, Facebook, and also on YouTube at Parent Talk TV. Of course, you can always subscribe to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode and we're inviting you to share it on your social media or with someone that you know that will benefit from it. As we all know, parenting can be hard. So uh, remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village and be true to yourself. Thank you for joining us today and have a great week. Bye. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.